At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The first look at betting next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It's the opening lines here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network Super Bowl edition. Super Bowl 56 is upon us. The Cincinnati Bengals will take on the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. Who knew, right? Nobody saw that coming. Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, a matchup we all wanted to see before the season started. No, but a good one at that. And we have plenty to get to here on this show. We're going to break this down uh, at length, and as we will for the next two weeks here on the Vegas Stats and Information Network. But we mm-hmm. begin with the opening number, Matt Humans, because. This thing is opened and it has moved very quickly since it is open. Opening number across the board pretty much. The Los Angeles Rams, a three and a half point favorite with a total of 50 and a half or 51, depending on where you look, but immediately went to four in favor of the Los Angeles Rams. Still a couple of straggling three and a halfs out there, but it looks like the movement here, at least from a side perspective, toward the Rams and potentially toward the under as some 50s are out there right now. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised the total is 49 and a half here at Circa. I thought the total would be a little bit higher considering this is the one game where the uh, public money dwarfs the sharp money, and the mm-hmm. sharps will look to play under 51, but the public's going to look to play anything, I think, 49 and a half and over. So I, I thought 50, 50 and a half would be the opening total. I did think four would be the opening uh, number on this matchup, and uh, I'm not really sure what to make of it right now. Uh, tell you the truth, uh, I don't want to bet against Joe Burrow and bet on Matt, Matthew Stafford. I think the Rams were extremely lucky to escape with the win today. At the same time, I think this is not going to be a very good matchup uh, for the Bengals because of that Rams defensive front and all the pressure that's going to be put on Joey B yep. in this game. So I'm a little bit torn on the side. I can tell you this, if I bet the Rams, I'm not laying the points. I, I would bet the money line and lay a cheaper price uh, the, the minus 190 that's out there right now. And typically what you see in the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl is that the uh, money line price on the favorite does drop because a lot of people like to bet the dog on the money line. Well, I'm not going to take the four with the Bengals. I'm just going to bet them you know, plus 160 or whatever. So I think at some point you might get the Rams at minus 165, somewhere in that range. And that might be the way I look. I don't know if it'll dip that much. we got two weeks to figure it out. I don't have to bet it today. I don't have a strong opinion. I think the numbers, in essence, are where they should be at four and right around 50. So when we're looking at this from a, because we always like to do this, right, sharps versus squares, public side would be what? Would that be Joey V and the Bengals? Well, it's hard to determine. I lean to say the the Bengals are going to be public dogs because they just took down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in Kansas City. And I said this uh, a few weeks ago or a month ago, I think Joe Burrow is going to be 
uh, the betting public's uh, one of the betting public's favorite quarterbacks to bet on in the next uh, several years. Yep. I did not think it would necessarily transpire during this uh, playoffs because I thought the Bengals would get bounced by this point, but they didn't. And now Joe Burrow's going to become the guy. You know, you're, you're seeing a lot of the legends fade away. Tom Brady, did he retire? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but the next uh, group of young guns coming up are going to be led by Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets to the Super Bowl so early in his career. I do think there's going to be, a, I would say, a majority of the betting public's going to like the dog in this game, which is uh, probably bad news for the dog. Yeah, and by the way, you know, you don't have to wait uh, because as we talk about this all the time when it comes to handle for the Super Bowl, a vast majority will come in in the last three days, last 48 right. hours before kickoff. Uh, but that will not stop some of the big bets from rolling in. And already within hours of this matchup being set from Todd Dewey, uh, who covers the sports betting space for the Las Vegas View Journal, uh, notable Super Bowl bet, Caesar Sports, 180K to win 100K on the Rams money line at minus 180. So you can shop around. You can get some uh, different numbers out there. But already one big bet here on the Los Angeles Rams. And it does seem the sharp side early, given the immediate move to Rams minus four, that would be the side. And now I'm not sharp, but I did bet minus three and a half here with the Los Angeles Rams. And this is, I like this Rams team, man. And it's so we were talking with Brady Cannon off the air in terms of if you look at the season overall for the Los Angeles Rams and what they have done, 10 and 10 against the spread over the course of 20 games is not good, right? You've lost money. That's the case if you bet on every single game, which nobody has with a certain team. But if you look at what they've done, even since they played that game at the beginning of December against the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've only lost one game, and that would be the San Francisco 49ers matchup at the end of the regular season, which they had a 17 to nothing lead, and they've only failed to cover two. Right. So, like this, or excuse me, three, because they failed to cover today. But, like, this has been a, a Rams team that is, it seems to be playing some pretty good football. And today, you know, you mentioned they got lucky to win. I thought it was mainly of their own accord, right? In the first half, you're talking about two drop touchdown passes, it seemed, right? Cooper Cup, I don't know if he would have made it all the way to the end zone, but wide open. It looked like it would have been a really big play for the Rams, mm-hmm. right? You talk about a legitimately drop touchdown pass in the first half and some mistakes on their end. You know, the Rams, for me at least, seem to be in pretty good form here. And you mentioned the biggest key. Pretty big matchup advantage defensively up front against that offensive line. <clears throat> yeah, but, uh, you know, also Sean McVay, Oh, boy. Made two of the worst challenges you're ever going to see Man, in the second half. He his waited. stock has dropped. He's he, not a great game manager. Uh, he panicked. <laughs> yeah, he, he got desperate. He panicked. He made some bad decisions on a couple challenges, wasted his timeouts. Matthew Stafford threw a deep ball that looked more like a punt that was dropped by uh, Tart, <laughs> yeah. the, the Niners defensive back. Rams made a lot of mistakes. They're lucky to get away with it. Also, if you think back, and Mitch Moss tweeted this out, and I wanted to bring this up because uh, I think Mitch is right. This was the – to me, the key sequence in the game. At this point when you're watching, you think, well, the Niners are really in control now. They're going to have to try hard to screw this up. Mm-hmm. 11 minutes to go, second and one. They're in Rams territory. 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Niners lead 17-14. The second down and third down play calls were a disaster. The, uh, the Niners, Kyle Shanahan, decided to punt mm-hmm. on uh, fourth and one, one and a half, fourth really and weird. two. Really weird which was, you know, we're in your plus territory. That's always a questionable decision. You think, well, our defense can hold. Matthew Stafford's going to make a big mistake. I understand that line of thinking, but you've got to take control of the game at that point. He punts in plus territory. From that point forward, Mitch pointed out, Jimmy G, the rest of the game, one for six, minus three yards with an interception. Uh, so those three plays right there, the second down, third down play, and then the punt, really turned things in favor of the Rams. And don't forget, after that is when Stafford threw the deep ball that should have been picked off that was dropped. Uh, it was just, 
Uh, I, I almost feel like the Rams won that game by default. Both teams tried to lose it in the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, almost pick six to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Right near the end of that game, they hit him right in the chest. That ultimately didn't get returned for a touchdown. It fell incomplete. Uh, it was not a well-played game, I think, on either end. And, like, Stafford had some really good throws that were left out on the field because of his receivers. I think it was Stafford letting, getting let down in the first half, and then in the second half, yeah. I think it was some clumsy game management. How many really times have we talked astray. about this yeah, over the past two months? Matthew Stafford plays one good half yep. and one bad half. What do you do today? Yep. Absolutely, <laughs> man. You could say, well, he wasn't that bad in the second half. I don't think he was very good. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted when I look at the Super Bowl matchup. And uh, I think the Rams are probably the right side, but I don't want to lay any points. Here's the fact. Five of the last six playoff games have been decided by exactly three points. Yep. And the other one should have been decided by three points. The Chiefs won it by six in overtime. And I told you last week, and you did the same, I was not laying more than three with the Rams against the Niners. Yep. I was not laying three and a half. Three was the utmost uh, I was willing to lay, and I really didn't want to lay three. I wanted to bet the money line, but I laid the three with the Niners. Or excuse me, with the Rams against the Niners. And I, I would do the same thing here. I don't, I don't really believe you can trust the Rams to cover more than a field goal here, even though I, I'm, I'm starting to think the Rams uh, might be the right side. I also don't want to bet against Joe Burrow, man. I just don't, I just don't want to bet against him with Stafford on the other side. So there's two things. So, so one, you know, I, I agree with that because, you know, we talked about it all week. So I, I went the route of halftime, bet the, bet the Rams to win the game. I got like a plus 110 or so uh-huh. on, on the money line, right? Uh-huh. Didn't lay it before the game started. That's the way to obviously go uh, for the Super Bowl. And to your point, Look, I'm, I'm as analytically and number-driven as they come because we're going we're gonna to get to the Chiefs and Bengals perspective of this, uh, right? But this Rams game is most fresh in our mind. There is something to be said of a guy who seems to just know what to do in games like this, right? Like just gets the results that need to be, that need to be had. And we're talking about Burrow from the end of his college career all the way through now in yeah. his second year. Mm-hmm. I think they said in the broadcast, right, the first time in NFL history that a second-year player – has led his team to the Super Bowl. Right. And there's something to be said of that second half and the way that Joe Burrow and the Bengals played that it makes you nervous. Sometimes Tom Brady-esque, and then not that he's going to be, but sometimes guys just know how to get it done. Well, here's another thing about Joe Burrow. He's got a killer instinct type of mentality. Yeah. And I, I still think Matthew Stafford's soft. What? That might be harsh. He's already he's here. Yeah, okay. he's here. First three playoff wins of his career. Yeah, uh, he's he's actually played well for the most part here in this postseason. I'm just talking about the mentality of the quarterbacks. I think Burrow's a killer and Stafford's soft. Well, we'll find out about that. I mean, that's uh, somewhat fair considering Joe Burrow at the start of this. <laughs> uh, and, and we'll we'll get to this guy too, Patrick Mahomes, with 14 or more point leads. Uh, against Joe Burrow, he is 0-2. He is 30-92 against all others because we talk about coaching and uh, mishaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not a good day for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes today. I think as a duo, Andy Reid gets a lot of flack, but Patrick Mahomes, I thought, played one of his poorest games, uh, of, potentially of his career, actually, today in some of those key situations. No? Yeah, in terms of uh, intelligence and uh, poise, close to the worst game I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes play. And uh, – I would pose a question. I might put this poll up on Twitter. Who was the biggest goat of today's games? Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Kyle Shanahan, or Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> or Jimmy G. Or Jimmy, Jimmy G. G. I don't think it's Jimmy G. I think the biggest goat is probably Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yes. Hey, look, okay. Garoppolo, actually, he had one throw in the first quarter, which he completely missed George Kittle. And you right. thought, like, oh, boy. 
It's going to be one of those games, huh? Right. No, he was really good today. Other than the fourth quarter, I mm-hmm. thought Garoppolo was really solid today. And I tell you what, because there's so many other ways, obviously, to peel this onion and everything. But, I mean, when you talk about looking ahead to Super Bowl MVP markets, mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, how is that guy not ahead of – or excuse me, Debo Samuel. Excuse me. I got excited. He's not going to play. He's not going to play. Cooper Cup, how is he not going to be at the top of that board? In terms of the way that dude plays and the ways that we, the way that uh, he you always today. put the quarterbacks at the top of the board, but Cooper Cup's going to be right there with yep, the quarterbacks. He's going to be pretty short. I was impressed with Debo Samuel; he was incredible. All right, when we come back, well, let's take a look at this from the Bengals' perspective. They are on to Super Bowl Fifty Six. Joe Burrow, the first of many potentially in terms of Super Bowl berths. We'll discuss that. Remember, it opened up Rams minus three and a half with a total of fifty and a half. We'll update that throughout the day as the bets continue to come in for Super Bowl Fifty Six here on Open Lines. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Your head. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, There's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. If you missed out on any part of your favorite shows here on VSIN, you can check up on our favorite, or excuse me, all of our podcasts, get replays of all of our shows, and download and listen on your schedule. Get Beating the Book, Gail Alexander, Market Insights, Josh Applebaum, Arbor Handicappers, Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, and more. All free and available now vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Vinny Mayulo, one of the many men behind the desk at the South Point Hotel and Casino, running the book there. Going to get his thoughts on this as he joins us now here on the opening lines. And Vinny, good to talk to you. So, uh, we are now set. Super Bowl 56, Rams and Bengals. What did you guys open up, and what's the early action been like for you, sir? Yep, uh, good to be with you, JVT. Matt, uh, Rams, four uh, at South Point. That's what it opened. That's where it sits. And the total, 50-5-0, and that's, uh, that's where it sits as well. So, folks, cash and tickets, especially on uh, that second game. Uh, you know, game fell three, obviously. And uh, 
uh, that's uh, that's where folks that's where we sit right now. So uh, Rams open four. That's where they uh, where they are, and the same with the total fifty uh, holding steady. All right, Benny. Let's talk about what you anticipate next as a bookmaker. Uh, do you, are the Bengals? JVT asked me this. Uh, open the show. Are the Bengals going to be public dogs here? Do you think the public is going to bet Joe Burrow and the Bengals on the money line? Take the points combination of that the next two weeks. What do you anticipate? Yeah, good question, Matt. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, the, the public's in love with the bank. Public was in love with the dogs these uh, these last couple of weeks. I mean, I mentioned it last week uh, during uh, during uh, my times uh, on Veasan. There was a lot of underdog parlays, you know, with all the dogs last week uh, going into that Bills game. And I, I think you know there was there was dog money today. Uh, on both of these dogs on the money line, not even more so than uh, than uh, taking the points. So, and we've seen that, right? That's a new trend, uh, or it's not a new trend. It's been a trend for quite some time. Uh, remember when uh, the Broncos uh, won uh, won that game over the Packers? Uh, that was a game that uh, the game was balanced, even though it was double digits in favor of the Packers. Uh, but the uh, the money line uh, action came in on the on the Broncos. And every year since then, we've uh, we've seen quite a bit of that. So I don't I don't uh, I, don't, I think you're going to be uh, right on, Matt. I think we're going to see some dog money uh, in the Super Bowl for the Bengals, and they've they've proven themselves to be legit, no question. So when do you move off of the number four, or do you think we're going to see uh, four on the board as the uh, consensus number in Vegas for maybe the next week and a half? How do you, how do you yeah, kind of see that playing out? Yeah, I think we'll see more. Uh, I think there's probably the total may move before that, Matt. I mean, four, one of the key numbers, right? Uh, three for sure, seven. Uh, four is right there as well. So uh, if, if any movement comes, I think it'll be earlier. Uh, again, we've got two weeks to book this thing. So I think uh, I think it'll also depend on where, where folks sit on their futures, you know, with uh, with the Rams and, and with the Bengals. I, I, would, I would think that most books are in pretty good shape future-wise. I know we are. Uh, there was some liability with the Niners, uh, but uh, that's not the case now. So, uh, uh, but I, I think uh, I think you'll see the total move probably before the uh, the uh, number. I mean, we did go from you know there, there, we we opened four, but uh, you did see three and a halves go to four rather quickly. Uh, I think we'll see uh, the four hold steady a little bit uh, a little bit longer. Then when you say the total move, you guys are sitting at fifty. Would that be moving to the over? I think so, JVT. You know, 51 is more of a, of a key, uh, you know, there's key numbers in terms of the side and point spread, but there's also key numbers for the total. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think you'll see because, listen, the public loves uh, to bet, uh, you know, bet overs and uh, and look for points. Uh, it, I think this total uh, will, will likely go up before, uh, before it comes under. You know, I always find that a fascinating aspect to uh, games like this is uh... – as a bookmaker, Vinny, when you know the public's going to bet the over, and if the sharp money is going to come in under, you would think the sharps would wait till the latest possible point to when the number gets bet up to play it under fifty-two or something like that. So, why why would uh, bookmakers like Circa right now put up a number of forty-nine and a half if if you know the public's going to bet this over? Yeah, that's a good question, man. And again, you'd have to ask the Circa guys that. That's why we put it up fifty. I mean, mm-hmm. again, you don't mind taking some under money now, knowing that uh, as you get closer to uh, you know, that second weekend as we get closer to the game, that uh, it's probably going to be a lot more over money. But again, uh, you know what? Uh, you know, I respect those guys. If they've got an opinion on it and that's what they felt that was the number, uh, we felt 50 was a good start. If they want to bet it under, fine. But we know that it's going to be over money. 
and uh, I think it's uh, I think that's going to hold true. Hey, Vinny, you know, I, obviously the Super Bowl has kind of become its own monster here, but in terms of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs getting eliminated, how much does that affect the handle in terms of the interest? I wouldn't think much because the NFL is such a monster, but it's got to have a small effect, no? Yeah, a little bit, JBT, but here's what's going to offset that. The fact that, that the game is in Los Angeles and anybody going to the game for the most part, uh, they're going uh, to make a stop here in, in Las Vegas, I think, so. I think what will help that now, I'm not saying it wouldn't have been a bigger handle, but look, you know what? A lot of folks have got an interest. You know, let's remember, you know, the, uh, these, these Bengals, uh, they beat, uh, they beat the, the, our own Raiders in the first game. And then they went on the road and uh, proved themselves to be legit. Um, but I do think that the game being in Los Angeles is going to help a great deal. It helped today with uh, the Rams. Niners game and anybody that was on the way to Los Angeles. I know this, anybody, you know, typically everybody wants to get on a plane and get off where their final destination is. Uh, I think there's a few people that didn't mind the fact uh, if they had a layover in Las Vegas, uh, it worked out uh, to their favor uh, in, uh, in terms of getting down a little bit. So I, I think, I think the fact that the games in Los Angeles will help that a great deal. Uh, Benny, how do you assess the two quarterbacks in this game? Joe Burrow looks like he's going to be a bet on quarterback for years to come uh, with the betting public. Yeah, no doubt, Matt. He's, uh, I love him. I think he's a good field general. He gets to the line uh, and he reads well. He's, a, he's one of the bright new stars under center. Uh, but Stafford's proven himself to, to, to be okay, right? He, has, he, was, he, was, he was winless going into, in any postseason games, but now he's got a great team around him. And let's remember this. This Rams team is built for now, and I think that as bodes well. He's, he's played well, and he's played well within the, within the system. McVay's got him uh, doing the things that he wants him to do. So uh, you got a veteran going against a, a youngster, and I think that uh, that bodes well for for the action and certainly for the storylines. But uh, I think the, there's going to be plenty, and there'll be you know the good thing is we'll find out more about that. To your question, when we put up the quarterback proposition, the statistic props on both of these quarterbacks, you know, you know, Vinny's old school JVT because he uses the, the the term field general. Guys your age don't call quarterbacks field generals. What do you call them, JVT? I don't really Gun know. Slingers. I was going to say, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I will say, uh, you know, humans, uh, Vinny was, was speaking very eloquently there on Matthew Stafford. You right. called him a, a what? I called him soft. You called him soft. You called I, Joe Burrow a killer, a, a huh? Killer. Mm, Burrow's a killer. There's, Stafford's there's, soft. There's three, te- there's, <laughs> there's, three team, there's three teams in the NFL right now that don't think uh, – uh, Stafford's too soft, so we'll uh, we'll have to see. So, Vinny, uh, now as we're you know now we're approaching the Super Bowl uh, from a prop perspective, what's your next few days like? Uh, when do you guys uh, put those out? Uh, you know, it's a great question, JVT. We're going to put out uh, the first sheet of props tomorrow. We're not going to wait. Uh, I was with uh, Chris Andrews uh, up until a little while ago, and Christy said the first one probably you know uh, certainly uh, that your your alternate point spreads uh, probably the quarters. Uh, first half uh, and things like that. So start putting them up tomorrow and uh, and get a jump on it. There's no sense in waiting a few days. I think we, the only uh, injury I think uh, that we're really concerned about is probably Higby uh, for the Rams right now. Where I think everybody else is pretty uh, uh, is pretty healthy. And of course, you got two weeks to get ready for the game. So props will start going up tomorrow. And it's we don't just do a one release. Uh, we try to uh, get a jump. We format them and start putting them up tomorrow. Uh, so you'll see some uh, tomorrow afternoon at South Point. For the record, I give Stafford full credit for the win at Tampa yes. in the divisional round. I don't think he had to do anything against the Cardinals. And he he, he played today like uh, uh, First half he, he played like a killer. 
Not in the second half. I said he, first half. I said first half. I know. He, th- he threw up the deep ball. that was more like a punt, and he was lucky it was dropped. And that was a huge play. He wanted to give game. the 49ers a chance. And, uh, no question. He got off the hook there. Vinny, uh, last thing I wanted to ask you about. So yeah. A week ago, we talked about the two biggest bets that came in at the South Point. I think it was uh, 165000 on the Rams on the money line at minus 165. And then the second bet was 220000 on the Niners. Plus three and a yep. half. That did not work out well for the South Point, but Chris Andrews had some time to maneuver with that. How did that? How how were the results of that game? Considering those first two big bets that came in. Yeah, well, the game fell three, yeah. uh, and that was not uh, that was not particularly good. You know, we uh, we run that risk. You know, we don't uh, uh, don't move the money uh, at South Point on three. You know, if we if we have to go to three and a half, we do, uh, and we come back. So. Uh, it didn't work out for us this time, but we also know that uh, the first game was good. And uh, when we get to uh, to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks, anybody that uh, uh, did well today is going to come back uh, two-fisted. So just a little transferring of funds. But uh, three uh, three did not bode, uh, bode well for the house. But I think you're going to see a mixed bag, Matt. Uh, first game was generally good, but I think uh, that second game, uh, it depends on, uh, on how the game fell for folks uh, that uh, either went to three and a half or did not. Right. Okay. Thanks, Vinny. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Vid. Good to be with you guys. See you soon. He's an odds maker, gone gaming bookmaker, and you'll find him at the South Point. I, I would assume, and I, I've asked Jay Cornegay at the Westgate Superbook about this, how great was the first game for the books with the Chiefs going down, money line, yep. teasers, uh, everything tied into the Chiefs going down in that game. Yeah, Jay said not. it was good, not as great as you would think. Uh, but you got to think that that was a really uh, sound victory for the books in, uh, in game one today. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. All right. Thank you, Brent Musburger, for the intro. JVT, let you in on a little secret here. VSN's got something big in the works. It's called the Big Game Big Dance Special. Now through April 5th, only $69. You get everything we do. The Big Game Betting Guide, that's the Super Bowl. College Hoops Betting Guide, Daily Best Bet emails, 24-7 video access, and more. All at vcin.com slash big deal. Go check out the website, vcin.com. we got a bunch of great content on there. Daily, vcin.com slash big deal. All right, so for those who are just joining us right now, and who uh, are under a rock, I don't know how you would miss out on this, the Cincinnati Bengals are, we'll call it consensus, four-point underdogs with a total of 49.5 in Super Bowl 56 against the Los Angeles Rams. How the Cincinnati Bengals got to Super Bowl 56 is a story in and of itself, and I think that's where we should spend a little bit of time on because the Kansas City Chiefs, who had been, what is this now? I was I was getting confused earlier today. Mm-hmm. This is their Four fourth, straight, right? Yeah, AFC okay. Champ- to have lost two of the games at home. Uh, actually, they should have won all four. They should have. Yeah. <laughs> There's a very good shot. The first, the first year of the four, uh, an offsides penalty negated a Tom Brady interception that would have clinched oh. the Chiefs' victory. And uh, Brady and the uh, the Patriots took the ball in overtime, marched down the field and won. The Chiefs won the next two. And then uh, this year, <laughs> hard to explain how you could lose that game today. I well, wanted to uh, point this out because hmm. this was an epic Collapse. A lot of times we will overstate things. That's not the case uh, today. So how rare is it that a team blows an 18-point lead? I'll tell you. 
Teams with an 18-point lead were 115-1 and this season. 115-1 and before today. Wow. The only team to win after tra- trailing by 18 or more, the Ravens against the Colts in Week 5. Remember all the problems the Colts had with their kicking game that I night? I remember very and, much. Uh, the Colts obviously should have won that game. The Chiefs should have won that game today. 115-1 and teams with an 18-plus point lead this season. It's now 115-2 and after the Chiefs blew it today. I think you started half, the, right before halftime, right? Oh, there's no question. Because when the Chiefs left those points off the board right before the half, I said, you know what? I think this is going to come back to haunt them. And, uh, you know, it's just a guess. A lot of people have the same feeling. At the same time, the Bengals were getting blown out. And everybody on Twitter saying, Bengals are getting taken to the woodshed. This is a real mismatch. Don't belong on the field. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the Bengals and Joe Burrow – are not going to go. I knew they were not going to go away quietly at that point. When the Chiefs screwed up before the half, I actually started live betting the uh, the Bengals in a few situations uh, in the second half. They were getting a lot of points, and I thought they were going to come back. If not win the game, I thought the Bengals were going to at least make it a sweat for the Chiefs and their betters. Yep. And so at the end of this, it's a seven-play, 80-yard drive uh, to end the half for the Kansas City Chiefs with five seconds left on the clock and a second goal, a second and goal in the Cincinnati one. This is, so for me, the mistake is not so much going for it, right? Because if you go for it, it's a quick one step into the end zone, right? If you don't get it, it falls incomplete. You get like two seconds left on the clock, you can kick a field goal. The problem is Padre Mahomes somewhat extending the play and then throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage to Tyreek Hill, who then gets tackled, uh, I think, what, for no gain, and the clock runs out. That's the problem. Not so much the play. Terrible decision by Patrick Mahomes. And that's where, you know, Andy Reid's going to get a lot of flack, and he deservedly should, and maybe that was the play call. He even said so himself, like, I should have called it a better play. Regardless, that was one of the many mistakes from Patrick Mahomes, I think, at that game. (laughs) He made made, uh, several costly mistakes in that game. And, you know, really it's kind of, I guess, a snapshot of his entire season because I've – And I'm not the only one. I I felt like he's been careless with the ball. He's been sloppy. He's been reckless. Now, he had that stretch where he he got hot, I would say, late in the season, probably November and December. But the Chiefs were 3-4 and at the end of October, mostly because Patrick Mahomes was turning the ball over too much, and uh, the Chiefs were too careless offensively. And I think uh, what what you saw for a majority of the season from the Chiefs' offense and from Mahomes is what you saw – uh, today and that's why uh, the Chiefs are not going to the Super Bowl. Let's hear from Andy Reid and talked about the end of that, uh, the end of the half and the play calling and uh, what went wrong. Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, I was hoping we could get get the ball in the end zone. I probably gave him the wrong play first of all. So uh, to start with, I could have given him something better than that, um, where the play was open in the end zone, and um, and then we wouldn't have to go through that. But it's, uh, I'll, I'll take responsibility for that one out. Pretty poor play call, poor also, execution. It's also his job as a coach, take the blame Ball off the, the quarterback and take the, put, put the blame on yourself. But, yeah, it probably wasn't the best play call. But at the same time, you're a veteran quarterback. It's your fourth consecutive AFC champion. What are you doing making that throw at that point? That was a really bad decision. And when you make uh, – you can, sometimes you can get away with one or two bad decisions. This applies to your personal life and everything off the field as well. You know, a lot of us might make a dumb decision or two and get away with it. When you make multiple bad decisions, eventually it's going to catch up to you and you're going to pay the price. 
And uh, that's kind of the story of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs right. in that game today. Well, and here's the thing. So we, this is a point of contention that I brought up in going into that Bills game, right? You, we we kind of did a do the numbers on it, which was Patrick Mahomes against coverage because that was the thing. This mm-hmm. year, it was a career low, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of a blitz rate by opponents against Patrick Mahomes. In terms of percentage dropbacks being blitzed, it was a career low for Patrick Mahomes this year. And so you look at what the Bengals did to him today. According to next-gen stats, Bengals dropped eight or more defenders in coverage on a season-high 35% of passing plays. Patrick Mahomes struggled against eight or more defenders in coverage, completed just seven of 13 passes for 59 yards, an interception, and two sacks. That included, that included or excuse me, uh, that amounted to a negative 14.4 pass EPA or expected points added, which is a career low for Patrick Mahomes. And you go even further than that. You talk about adjustments, humans, because they were getting destroyed in the first half, the Bengals. The second half... They doubled their usage of dropping eight or more defenders in coverage. First half, 24% of the passing plays. Second half in overtime, 45% of the passing plays. And Mahomes reverted back to trying to do too much, trying to extend plays when he probably shouldn't have, that went to taking really bad sacks, that went to making really big mistakes. And it's like the improvement that you saw, right? We ran the numbers. Like He had gotten much better against coverage at the second half part of the year. It all just reverted back, and he looked like the guy at the beginning of the season this year. No, it's it's great that you point that out because uh, I agree with that. And also, <clears throat> how about the uh, the interception in overtime? What do he do? He tried yep. to make the big play instead of uh, trying to move the chains and get the first down, and keep the drive alive. He tried to throw deep to Tyreek Hill. Great play by the the safety to bat, tip the ball, yep. tip it away. It was an outstanding play to tip the ball away from Tyreek Hill. Pass gets picked off at that point. You knew the Bengals were big favorites to win the game because they got a kicker who's money, and all they had to do is basically get a little past midfield, and they were going to be, um, they were going to be in uh, field goal range. Another thing is at the end of regulation, when uh, the Chiefs are inside the five yard line, mm-hmm. why do you call a pass play there? And this is a mistake. This is a mistake made by Eric Bieniemy if he's calling the player Andy Reid, and it's also compounded by Patrick Mahomes and what he did there, taking the sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, on second down, you got to hand the ball off. You don't really want to score right there because you want to you want to run about forty second, forty more seconds off the clock. Ideally, you score score on third down. You're going to drain as much clock as possible. Why would you call a pass play on second down? That's just another bad decision, and those things uh, add up and eventually. Uh, you get the result we saw today. Can you explain to me why why you would call a pass play on second down there? Because you're being greedy and you think you can score. But why would you want to score uh, on I'm second tr- down? Trust me, I don't know. But I think that's I, – I don't know if it's the put the foot pedal on the gas, whatever it is. I don't I don't really understand why you would. And it's funny because Romo didn't understand the situation on the broadcast either. Yeah. He, I don't know if you heard him, but he was like, I think you, you, you might consider in a rare situation letting the Chiefs score here. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you're no, not no, down no. by two. No. <laughs> you're not up by two. You're up by three. So you don't let them score. It makes no sense whatsoever. No, I agree. Like, I didn't really understand what the game plan – it just – it looked like they just wanted to put their foot on the pedal and they were just getting impatient and it resulted in everything that we saw. And and that's not even – they kicked the field goal, right, to force overtime. I mean, to make the field goal 15 yards longer for your kicker after that. Oh, and they took another sack. Yeah, right. That's what I'm it's ridiculous. But the second and third down plays were ridiculously bad. And, again, I don't know if that's on Eric Bieniemy or Andy Reid and then – Patrick Mahomes compounds mistake by with his poor execution, but on second down you got to run the ball, and if he scores, so be it. You're going to leave a lot of time on the clock for the Bengals, but they're going to have to drive down and get a touchdown to beat you. Uh, but you really, there's no reason to call a pass play there. And Mahomes taking the sack and scrambling around taking the sack, uh, just 
a lot of confounding, uh, or I guess really confusing um, plays and play calls by the Chiefs. Well, there's people that are happy out there, though, because of this result. This is from Todd Dewey, uh, Per Caesars VP of Trading. Craig Mucklow, Bengals fan, bet 13000 and 455000 on Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl, 35-1 to 1 odds back on October 8th to 28th. Mucklow said the better told him, quote, he needed a reason to believe. We got a reason to believe <laughs> Joe Burrow and the okay. Cincinnati Bengals are uh, in the Super Bowl, man. Super Bowl 56. And now you got a great opportunity to hedge off and get a little bit of cash there. But a pretty big bet made back on October 28, 13K to win 455000 hey, Props to that better. That's hey. a, that takes a lot of guts to put uh, that type of money on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. That's a great segue. You want to know why? Because there's already some props popping up in the market. So let's discuss that and much more here on the opening lines. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. It's time to start preparing for the big game. We want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs. And for the next two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to the sixth annual live big game betcast, biggest game of the year. Make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the game. 56 hours of free video coverage. VSIN.com. All right, so one of the best parts. Actually, no, it's, let's, let's be honest. The best part about the Super Bowl, prop betting. Props are absolutely fantastic. Can't wait for the cross-sport props, everything that's going to come over in the next uh, week and a half uh, at all the markets around. But we do have some stuff that is popping up already uh, in the market in terms, and these are some pretty basic props. Uh, but I will say, so I mentioned uh, one of the guys that should be at the top of the board in terms of MVP, Cooper Cup, right? Guy's absolutely dynamic. Today, actually, he should have had a better game because he dropped what looked. If it wasn't going to be a touchdown, it looked like it was going to be like a 40-yard gash. Like, there was nobody around Cooper Cup when he dropped that pass. Anytime touchdown scorer against the Cincinnati Bengals, what would you say to that for Cooper? Uh, I think Cooper Cup is uh, probably going to be, yes, plus 115. Yes. Anytime, minus 165. That big a favor. Minus 165 anytime. 
Okay. If it, if it tells you anything, and like Jamar Chase, for example, today, right, he goes under his reception prop. I'm not laying minus 165 for one guy to score a touchdown. Uh, anytime, a right. Like this. right. Huh? No, I'm saying like anytime he can score a touchdown, but you're right. Like $1.65, it gives you an idea of what you as a better are getting into in terms of some of these markets. I mean, think about this from a J- Jamar Chase, anytime touchdown, minus 110. The respect that Cooper Cup is getting on a price like that. Obviously, those are the guys who are going to be targeted the most in the red zone and things like that. But still, look at the number of TD catches a receiver has for a season mm-hmm. compared to the number of games played. Nobody averages a TD per game played. Yeah. Nobody does. No. So, to make him a favorite to have a TD in a game like this, I can't do it. I can understand why the uh, the odds maker would set it that way because people want to bet the yes. They want to bet the yes. So, maybe uh, I should have uh, taken that into account more before – I said that, but um, yeah, there, there's no way you're going to get me to lay a price like that on a, a one guy to score a touchdown. Yeah, and Cooper Cup today, 11 receptions, 142 yards, 12.9 per, two touchdowns on 14 targets. He's going to get the targets, but like it, this is just one prop. But it's like what you're going to see with him in terms of like total receptions, for example. I'm willing to bet nine and a half for Cooper Cup, Oof. eight and a half. Man. I, I could see eight and a half, maybe. right? I mean, they're going to be up there. Simply put, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to – it's going to suck. Sweating this uh, – this, it's going to be like sweating out an under an NBA game, but under on Cooper Cup props are going to be pr- – there's going to be a lot of value on betting those things under by the time you get to the Super Bowl. Put it that way. If we're already starting to see touchdown props any time of minus 165, you know that these numbers are going to get baked to the moon in terms of these overs and yeses on Cooper Cup. Well, and the, and the thing to keep in mind, too, is that the public doesn't really bet up these prop numbers until the weekend before the actual game. Yep. So even though the props are going to go up later this week, uh, you're not going to see uh, the prop, uh, the, the yeses and all the, the popular props get bet up by the public until Thursday or Friday before the game, uh, about a week and a half from now. Cooper Cup this year had in 17 games played in regular season, had 16 TDs. So he was the pr- most prolific touchdown scorer among receivers in the NFL, uh, I would still, I don't know, the fair, maybe a fair price. I, I would make him score a touchdown minus 120. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about it, but. You got to make it a little bit the, higher. The public is going to bet Cooper Cup to do everything. Yeses and overs. Yep. Uh, some of the other props. And again, these are just basic Super Bowl props that you're finding. These markets are already up. Uh, these numbers courtesy of BetMGM. But you're talking about Jamar Chase again, laying a small price, minus 110 for an anytime touchdown. See, Chase had 13 TDs in 17 games. Right. And it's a little fair. And, you know, who knows in terms of the support? I mean, like a Jamar Chase type, is are they going – is he going to get – I think the Bengals are going to be a public underdog. But when you think about the two, are you going to get inundated with the Cooper Cup money or the Jamar Chase money? They'll probably both be pretty popular. But the numbers that Cup has put up regularly and how much Matthew Stafford really seems to favor him in terms of high volume, it's probably going to be the chalky side of Cooper Cup and some of these yeah, props. That's fair. Yeah. Cup, Cup had 145 receptions in 17 games. In the regular season, Jamar Chase only had 81 catches in 17 games. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we, these are already popping up. And I will tell you this. This has been – I got this up one year. I think I've, I see this almost every year. Tony Miller over at the Golden Nugget for the Eagles and Patriots Super Bowl put up a prop for me. It was, uh, will a team convert a fourth down in its own territory? And then I got about two to one on that, on the yes. Right, and the Eagles actually did it in the fourth quarter, and it was right like on the forty-nine yard line. It was super close, but they ultimately did it. It would be interesting to see one if that prop ever gets put up, but two, in terms of the change of philosophy with these teams, right? That was what four years ago. No, 
like what the price difference would be. Think about on a prop like that. Were the Chargers and not the Rams in this game? Yes, my it'd be like a pick, (laughs) right? You you definitely would be getting two to one on something like that. Oh no way! That's more of an even money uh, prop at this point with uh, the way coaches are more inclined to go for it on fourth down in their own territory. Yeah, sure. Some of your favorite props are what? Well, what you're going to have, the first props to go up this week are going to be for Super Bowl MVP. These are the right. easy ones to put up uh, where you don't have to get your, like the Westgate Superbook, they have their team of six or seven odds makers. They sit around, they hammer out the numbers over the course of two days and put them up. There are some other props that you can just put up right now. And uh, you can put up Super Bowl MVP. You can have that up tonight or by the morning. Uh, and, the, and the basic props, will a team score three times in a row? Will the game be decided by exactly three points? All those same props we see in uh, every every major game, whether it's uh, a conference championship game like today or a Sunday night football game, mm-hmm. you got some basic props. All that stuff's going to go up by tomorrow. The index props are going to go up early. Mm-hmm. You know what the index props are? Yeah, well, we were talking about like if in terms of like one of the ones that I hit in terms of the index props was the total. Remember that year? Was it the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl where the total moved like five points? You get the index prop of the different little total brackets that you can bet on. Yeah. Right? You're talking about uh, what's first touchdown score, and you can get all of those. A lot of the index props. How those are point, somewhat easier to make. How many points be scored in the game between, you know, 49 to 56, right. between 0 to 7, and you got different odds and all those uh, different numbers. All those uh, basic props. Safety, yes or no, overtime. Yeah, most books will be putting those up by tomorrow in the next couple days. You're not going to see the more complex props and a lot of the player props put up until – Middle of the week, but I will say this: Last year, I noticed uh, because of the markets changed so much in sports betting in general, mm-hmm. everybody wants to be first with everything now. That we were seeing props go up earlier last year than we ever had before. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's week of, right? Like yeah, early and, in the week of. And in fact, William Hill beat uh, the Westgate Superbook out with a bunch of props. Yep. And um, you know, there there are a lot of uh, books now that want to be first out with these props. So who knows? The timetable might be pushed up this year. Heck, man. I mean, you probably pull up a market right now and you could find more outside of the basic touchdown props. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot that's available at this point right now just because you want to get out there and you want to start to get money and generate it on this. So now, this is going to be great. Like the props in terms of what we're going to see. And here's the thing, too, is all these markets and we're expanding the not only just uh, the props in general, like the variety of what you're going to be able to see out there. Right. Like, for example, I like the exotic crossboard props, right? Mm-hmm. I'm an NBA guy. I like to handicap those, and those are a lot of fun to get to. The variety of even stuff like that that you're going to see as it goes on is going to be absolutely nuts. And you already have game props up in terms of, like you said, uh, the basic ones, both teams to score X amount of points, uh, conversions. So here we go. Look at this. This is courtesy of DraftKings. Let's see what they got under conversions. Are you ready for this? Yeah, total fourth down conversions, a half. What would you make the over? Uh, uh, it's got to be uh, minus – a buck seventy. Two hundred. So in the okay. same in the same range. But like you said, the change of philosophy here, right? This is where it's different. Mm-hmm. Ten, five years ago, what that would have been, it would have been a half over I don't know, probably plus money, right? Now it's over minus two dollars. But these are what you're gonna you're starting to see these already. Kicking props, all of these things. First field goal made, Rams, Bengals, neither. First team to record the most punts, or team to record the most punts, excuse me, Rams, Bengals, give me the Bengals. Uh, and then total punts, of course, overall, eight and a half. So those are the easy ones. Those are odds makers. You have those set because those are basic numbers that you can get ready to go and then put them up. And, and you want to really, I think, as a bookmaker, you should want to put these up as early as possible. The ones that are easy to make, just let people fire away at these props right now while they're excited about the Super Bowl matchup. Let's wrap up the hour with uh, 
the current side and total, and uh, what you think of the matchup here? Because I've, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, this sucks. Bengals-Rams, this is a, a dull matchup. Eh, I don't necessarily think so. It's not what you would have uh, predicted. Uh, it's not what you would have predicted uh, even a month ago. I mean, I'm excited. You get two good quarterbacks playing, right? <laughs> what? You get two really good quarterbacks I'm looking playing. forward to seeing Joe Burrow play more than uh, Matthew Stafford. But, again, um, the number is four. The total here at Circus, 49 and a half. Uh, Vinny Maiulo from the South Point was on. Total is 50 out there. I think you're going to see that total go up a little bit. Uh, where do you think the total closes, and what do you think of the matchup? Do you, do you like the matchup? Uh, I like the match. I like the matchup for the Rams, and we can expand on the reasons why. I bet the minus three and a half with Los Angeles already. And I would think, to your point, as we get closer to kickoff, this total is going to move up. I mean, it's, it's a game that's indoors. It's two teams that are considered offensive teams. This is going to start to move, and I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to like 51 and a half, 52 by the time we get to kickoff on Super Bowl 56. Yeah, if I were sharp looking to bet this under, I'd wait to see if this total gets up to 52 and then play it under. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 51 is a key number in totals. I think at some point we will see a, a 51 and a half on this. Well, we got plenty left to get to in the second hour. Let's talk more Super Bowl on the other side here in the opening lines. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.